Hey everyone, welcome back to Program Perceptions, which is a podcast geared towards dissecting ways we might have been programmed and talking through our perceptions. My name is Dr. Tanisha Barton, and this episode is going to be part two of the previous episode. So last episode, um, I had on my friend Christine, and we just jumped right in and talked about life, um, different experiences, different career paths, and things like that. And so if you have not already listened to part one of this episode, episode 67, you might be confused that we just jump in and start talking. However, if you did listen to that episode, welcome to part two. Um, this episode, Christine and I dive a little bit deeper into cultural shifts, like things that are happening in the world that either we didn't see happen or we didn't see coming or we didn't know that were going to happen um, and the impact that they have on different scenarios. I think one of the things that I really enjoy about this conversation is we talk about looking at life differently and we talk about how privilege shows up in different environments, even though it might, it might not be recognized as privilege, it a hundred percent is privilege. And so I love engaging with people from different backgrounds because I feel like it gives you a different perspective and it makes you open your mind and heart maybe in ways that you weren't um, going to talk about or going to think about previously. And so Christine really does a really good job of sharing some stories about her culture and her background and how her perceptions have shifted and her things um, have evolved over time. And I think that's great. I also love that she talks about her um, being a mom and some things that she is trying to instill in her son and in ways that she's working really hard to do that. So um, again, thank you for tuning into this episode. This is part two. So if you, as soon as I, as soon as the episode starts, it's going to just start. So if you have no idea what we're talking about at the beginning of that, you will have to go back and listen to episode 67, part one of it. So that part two makes a whole lot of sense. Um, as always, don't forget to um, my personal Instagram account. If you want to follow me there is Dr. Tanisha Barton, my personal website, programperceptions.com. Share, subscribe, write a review, whatever you want to do. Thank you for listening to this episode and I will see you on the other side or I won't see you on the other side, but I'll definitely talk to you on the other side. Um, I haven't reached out to you though about the pandemic thing and how people were treating people of like Asian descent because that's a whole different issue and pisses me off. But anyways, we don't have to go there. Um, I think it was... I think it was in the 2016 election when I got like the poll numbers back or something. And I realized that like a lot of Asian Americans had like voted for Trump than I was, that I was assuming. And I was like shocked by mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But I think it was you that was kind of like, well, yeah, that a lot of people see themselves kind of in that light differently mm -hmm. than they would. And then I think you even said like a lot of people assumed that you would be a certain way mm -hmm. based off that. Then, mm -hmm. and I thought, wait, what? Really? Like, I was shocked by that, but I kind of get it now. Well, now, yeah. now I really don't get it because now, like, other things have happened, right? And now it's just like <laughs> a complete freaking disaster. But at the time, I was like, that's a really good point. Like, I never even considered that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, um, there's been many, many cultural shifts, definitely, in the last few years. And I think, especially with a pandemic, um, it's really, really exposed, like the things that aren't working. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it really makes people upset yeah. because they were <clears throat> under the impression that it was something that was like ironclad and there was going to be no issues. And that goes down to not just like businesses and like corporations, but people. But, your yeah. friends, you You're know, right. people that you've known for a long time. Um, and then this thing happens and all of a sudden everyone's 
colors are like just exposed everywhere Mm -hmm. and you really get to see people for who they really are you know yeah and so the first time so I became a United States citizen in 2010 and so I was not able to vote up until that point and I didn't even know how it worked um and I had to like don't either but anyway yeah (laughs) Yeah, definitely now I'm like uh is it safe to go vote like you know so it's definitely something where uh, I had to learn because again like it's not like I can like ask my parents you know so it's um definitely many, many cultural shifts. And definitely with Asian people, there's a lot of things. Well, Asia is like a big, huge chunk. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Yeah. 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 It encompasses a ton of people. But to be fair, as an, as Americans, we are so ignorant mm -hmm. to that, that we don't care for us. It's just all inclusive of, and to be honest, it's like, if you look like this, you fit in this criteria. 100%. I think the, you know, um, that's what's, I think that's what's slowly starting to change, definitely with a lot of young people right now. I agree. Um, and and I love that crusade because I think the journey to fixing a lot of this stuff is really, you know, we really need to learn a lot from each other. Yeah. And which means you have to like genuinely listen. And that's really, you know, hard for a lot of people to do, but it's also it's a privilege to sit back and have to learn mm-hmm. uh, because you didn't have to experience it. So, you know, um, the fact that, you know, when we, when I write about or when I hear about, or when I, you know, I'm listening to a participant talk about historical trauma within even black families, it's just something like, that's something I don't have any information on. I've yeah. never experienced that. So for me to sit and ask the questions and generally learn from what this means, how the historical trauma has now formed into it's intergenerational. Now it's happened mm-hmm. many, many generations. And so, you know, it's one of those things where um, for me to sit and learn about it, and learn about your great grandmother or your great grandfather or your grandmother or your even the experiences of your mom. You know, this is a huge privilege. I didn't experience it, you know. And so for the first time, even for myself, when I had to start experiencing those things and understanding what that meant from a slightly different context at the start of the pandemic, that's when I realized this is now, like at this age, at this time in my life, I'm now considering certain dangers that I didn't think about before that mm-hmm. exist for other people, you know, it's very, very different when you have to learn about it in that kind of way. And I'm not saying everybody has to go through this kind of like weird boot camp to learn about those things. But I think coming from the perspective of understanding, like it's actually a privilege to not have to worry about um, driving down the street and getting pulled over. Right. You know, it's a privilege to not have to worry about your parents. Um being discriminated against just going mm-hmm. to the grocery store because they don't speak really good English. Um, it's These are privileges. You know, we don't yeah. think about it that way. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of the things that have happened in the world in the last two years, definitely it's exposed all the ugly things that have not been working and that we need to, we need to fix it, you know, and it can be as very basic as, like universities that are still doing really like archaic ancient things that don't even make sense right now. I'm like, why are we acting like we're living in the 1800s? Like, I don't know. you know, yeah. why does this rule or this whatever exist? That doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. You know, if we're going to be changing all the other things to fit the more modern way, 
why why are we still doing you know xyz for whatever so the thing is is that i think um if people really want to learn it really starts with people like you and i and other people who are willing to talk about and mm -hmm. share these things to 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 bring those kind of perspectives to the forefront you know and i've only recently started to do that um and i never really did um, mainly because, you know, when you're younger and you're Asian American, you're conditioned to be very quiet, mm -hmm. um, you know, being loud about something is not something that is even culturally relevant to us. But now, really? yeah, now it's mm -hmm. changed. You know, um, it's very, very much changed. People younger than me by a lot, by more than a decade are really leading this, which I'm really thankful for because I don't think I could even do that. But there are people who are being very loud and proud about their experiences, um, you know, growing up Asian American. And the thing is, is that I recently was on a panel for that too, where um, we talked about even just being okay with your name something mm, as simple yeah, as that, yeah. you know, um, that your name is good enough. If people can like figure out how to say Tchaikovsky, um, they can figure out how to say your name. Yeah. So, you know, and you should That's say it. Good. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so the thing is, is that that was a big deal because that was one of the ways historically that Asian Americans found ways to assimilate is to change your name from your native name to your whatever name that helps other people it. feel comfortable yeah. <laughs> around you, you know? And you say that I'm actually shocked about the Asian American culture being silent. I think mm -hmm. that's interesting. Do you think it, do you, is it men and women or is it just, is it just a total cultural thing? It's definitely a cultural shift that has, has okay. happened, <clears throat> including men and women, different generations, um, and by generations, I mean, like first, second, third generation. Yeah. Well, um, how are your parents? How are like, cause my parents, I think I said on my mom's episode, like my parents are shocked when they see people of all races out marching and protesting because yeah. where they came from, right. Like in their days, like that didn't happen. It was just like black people were out. I mean, obviously there were some other people, but like, it just was, you know, black people. So now when they see like other people, they're like, this is a cultural shift. <laughs> when did this happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think more and more people are becoming aware that there's just, there's more than one way to describe a community. Yeah. You know, it's not just Asian people. It's not just black people, right. you know, and there's so many ways to decipher it. You know, you can take the Asian population and expand it yeah. to encompass like a hundred languages. I mean, this is like, you know, it's one of those things where um, even with the Korean language, you can still have different dialects. It's very, very um, layered in, in so many ways. And it's impossible to teach everyone all of these things. But I think the fact that people are becoming slightly more unified, you know, um, in different movements to support whether it's like LGBTQ plus individuals or even Black Lives Matter. Yeah. This is something that a lot of people are beginning to see um, as like we have to still like as just in general people of color, we mm -hmm. still need to like be there for each other instead of just still singling people out because that, that's yeah. still not a, very yeah, it's still not gonna accomplish what we want to accomplish. Right. I think 
the younger generation and their access to different social media platforms and the things that are that they're learning from their friends and other experiences that they have access to that's changing drastically in how especially the Asian American culture is being perceived now. Um, Because I can tell you 100%, like, you know, now when you go to a fancy restaurant, people are paying a lot of money for just a, a dollop of like Korean hot pepper paste or something that's kimchi flavored or mm, things like that. The exact same things that we were made fun of 30 years ago if we brought it in our lunch. People really? are paying a lot of money for that because now it's like exotic foreign uh, food, whatever you want to call it, you know, you add that on, it's another 15 bucks for your dinner. People are profiting from the fact that when I was a kid and I brought spam in my lunchbox, they're like, ew, yeah. you know, kids were like, oh, you're gross. Why would you eat that canned meat? But now if you go to a Japanese restaurant and you get a musubi with some rice and spam, everyone's like <gasps> applauding it. Like, this is the greatest thing. I'm going to write about it on Yelp. And I'm like, that's the same thing that I ate 30 years ago. And I was ashamed of it. Um, You know, when the kids would like hold their nose and be like, oh, that smells bad. And I'm like, oh, but this is the food that I eat every day. You know, that's I think it's the same with black culture. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I think at some point in time, we've realized that like big lips and big boobs and like, you know, curvy bodies are in. And now people know that and they're like, oh, crap. You know, like some of these Instagram mm-hmm. models, when I look at their profile, I'm like, oh, are you trying to look like, oh, you're trying to make your butt bigger. Oh, like that's yeah. cute. You know, because for years, like actresses would get turned down because their bodies weren't what people wanted to see or they wouldn't get magazine covers. And I mean, Viola Davis, and all, like they always talk about it, right? Of like the opportunities they missed out on because their body type or because their skin color or whatever. But now those things are in. And so now you're starting to see these different types of skin types and different body types on display. And they're just kind of like, great that we're there. But let's not forget that this not this used to be something that people didn't want. And then yeah. people are like, yeah, credit Kim Kardashian for the curvy body. body. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like yeah. black women have looked like that for years. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like- I, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, now those things like people are paying for, mm-hmm. you know, to get them surgically done. Yeah. Um, they're paying for the foreign exotic food <laughs> that is made by, first of all, like, don't even get me started on the people who are <laughs> making the cultural food who do not come from the culture. Oh, I hate yeah, that. I hate that, that yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, we have to definitely give credit where it's due. Right. Um, I think that's a lot that's harder for like the, I guess for the lack of a better word, like for the dominant culture. Yep. Um, because again, historically they've been taking stuff from people uh, for a very long time. Like, I don't know, like America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so it's really, really hard for them to say, Oh, this actually comes from blah, blah, blah. Right. Let me give credit where it's due and right. still be able to reference yep. the correct uh, cultural components, yeah. whether it's body type, whether it's um, kinds of music, hairstyle, clothing, yeah. and fashion, all this stuff, it all it comes from somewhere, you know, and I yeah. recently read about like, even like this TikTok, I, I don't have TikTok, but I see like the reels being available like on Facebook. Yeah. And um, black women that were saying, you know, people are like stealing our dances 
yeah, they and are. they're crediting themselves for, and they're not, yeah <laughs> and so it's like then there was like a movement to like ha- have all black women stop posting like the dances that they created and stuff because people are just taking them mm-hmm. and not properly crediting people for where they came up with this you know and the i think that's hugely an important movement because yeah. you know um i guess America. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, that's, I mean, you know, it's very like colonizing narrative. It's because people are so used to taking stuff and like relabeling it to fit their own needs to make themselves comfortable. Yeah. And then in essence, you stole something and but you're not <laughs> going to give it back. It's basically no, what and, it is. And some know? people it, from the same culture are like, no, it's okay. It's just yeah. a dance or it's just a TikTok video. It's just a, and you're like, it's the principle of the fact that that person could have never created any of that, you know, and mm-hmm. who knows how many hours, I mean, listen, I can't choreograph anything to save my life. So who knows how many hours that took to like get it down and make it look good and make it, you know, fit to the beat of the music and all that stuff. And then just yeah. to have somebody else post it and now they have 4 million views and you have 200 doesn't necessarily seem fair, especially because people make money off that stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's the same way where you know, if you get in trouble for plagiarizing at school, yeah, I mean, it should Ugh. be the same. You the know, point. kind of reper- yeah repercussions. Like I believe in definitely crediting people all the time. If it's not something that I just woke up and thought of, <laughs> it's not mine. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm okay with that though, because you know, there's nothing wrong with being inspired by other people nope, or being really, at all. like influenced. Yeah, I think yeah. that's great. You know, and I think a lot of like modern chefs should take that into consideration. You know, mm-hmm. if you are not inspired by such and come- such. Yeah. 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 If you're not Korean and you don't come from the Korean culture, you have no idea what this dish means. Um, so if you are going to borrow from it, you should still say, you know, this is a dish that's been inspired by Korean cuisine. I've adapted it in this way. Here it is. You shouldn't take credit I for the agree. whole thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, listen, I'm trying to get inspired by JLo's and Sierra's legs. <laughs> They have this pose that they do with their leg because it's so toned and refined that I've, yeah. I'm not kidding you. I will literally put on a pair of heels and I will go stand in front of the mirror and I'm like, how do they position their leg? Once I figure it out, best believe I will be posting it. Um, but it's just yeah. like, and I will say inspired by like mm-hmm. JLo and Sierra because they do it all the time. They have these, these like great outfits and they just throw their leg out there. And I'm like, got it. We see it. It's perfect. Yeah. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's sexy moving right along. Um, yeah. hundred percent. So, um, so 100%. I, I know we're like ending, I was going to, that's not nearing the end of our time. That's what you're supposed to say. I'm like ending the near <laughs> of our time is not correct. <laughs> like, let me fix that. Um, and so I want to ask you the questions that I usually ask all of my guests. Um, so you've probably heard me ask this before, and I know I typed them to you, but I'm just going to read them. So everybody that lis- that's listening that might not know what I'm about to ask knows the question. Okay. So um, the first one is, if you have you been programmed in any way, like in life, or were, have there ever been any like perceptions that you didn't realize that you had um, that now you know, okay, I those are that's a perception that wasn't true. And that was just something that I learned and didn't realize I learned that that way. And it's wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> or right or whatever. Um, yeah. Have you had any experiences where you've been programmed any certain way or had any perceptions that you now know were false? A lot. 
<laughs> There's a lot. Um, and I say that cautiously because so much of my program perceptions are culturally rooted. Mm. So I had to literally unroot them myself once I began to learn. And um, I have a new favorite word. It's called unposition. It's very academic, I, as you know, but yeah, <laughs> I like it. But yeah, you have to unposition your own self from the beliefs that you've had that were incorrect. And you have to relearn them the right way. Yeah. And then once you do, you see the world slightly differently because you're no longer looking at it from your programmed lens. And that's that's a blessing, you know. And I think very simply put, um, a lot of my my own program perceptions came from just how to see people. Um, you know, like it comes very much from how my parents saw people. My parents entirely spent their entire lives in Korea where there is absolutely um, no other people other than Korean people. <laughs> That's okay. it. Yeah. So when you've never seen anybody else, um, it's really easy to become very, very biased and only think highly of yourself because you've never seen anybody else. Right. And um, <laughs> So that a lot of that perception was kind of put onto myself and my brother, and we didn't even know it. We just just lived our life the way that it was, yeah. having those perceptions that were incorrect about people, whether it's different races or different sexual orientations or just anything different other than yourself was yeah. programmed to be something that was either incorrect or wrong or what have you. That's really and interesting. Yeah. And it absolutely influenced the way that I made friends. It influenced the way that I, like, even when I thought about things, it was always within that small, just hmm. ridiculous little bubble. Yeah. And then, yeah, it wasn't until, you know, when I graduated um, high school and I went to college, that was really the first time that I was able to be like exposed to like the rest of the world. Right. And I loved it though. Like some people don't like it and they continue with their right. program they perception. Their, yeah. Yeah. So when was but, the first time you ever saw a black person? Do you remember? I mean, I always saw them at school, you know? Oh, like okay. I, yeah. But it wasn't like I, it wasn't like I felt like I could like be friends with them. Oh, I right. Like they couldn't be friends with me either. Right. So I was it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But I, enjoyed like talking to them, like yeah. or just, not just black people, but just like, anybody, no, I know. you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's when I started to slowly realize, Oh, like this person's my friend and that's pretty cool. You know, but I definitely felt like in the beginning when I was much younger that I couldn't tell my parents. Yeah. You know, because you're like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, are they in honors classes? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not part of my questions that I ask right. people, you know? Yeah. Um, that's but, actually a really good point because, yeah. and you're right with, based on your position, your parents are wanting people in your same position for you to hang out with because parents mm -hmm. are the best for you. Like, I get it. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, why would you care who's in honor? Yeah. Like, I don't care. But I can see yeah. why they would care. Yeah. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. And so, you know, and it's interesting, um, Again, another like overcorrection that I uh -huh. do for my son based on that program perception that I had growing up um, is that I don't actually label anybody. Um, 
intentionally when I speak with my son. And, um, you know, back in the day, like my parents would like put us in a school with all white people because they thought that that they were doing us a favor by doing that. Yeah. For me, I'm the total opposite. I'm like, I'm afraid of that kind of environment for my son. Um, I would prefer a very diverse um, setting Mm -hmm. because that to me knows that he's more protected in that way because the families, the students, the teachers who come from those backgrounds are more aware of the things that happen. So if it does happen to my son, they'll be able to see, oh, something racist just happened or this other kid says something that they weren't supposed to say. I know what that means. You know, Um, I don't necessarily have the same faith in in other teachers. I, I think um, that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would and they know? So, yeah, exactly. Know? It, yeah. It's not something they experience. It's not something they talk about or understand or even want to get to know better. So I don't think they would be able to properly identify something like that if it were to happen to my son um, or any of the other yeah. kids um, in the class. So, you know, when I... I have these moments where like sometimes I get to school early and I'll sit in the parking lot and I kind of just like spy on him playing in the playground. I love that. Yeah. And (laughs) I love how he just plays with everybody. He's just, they're all my friends. That's what he says, you know? And sometimes he uses, you know, like names of specific friends that he says was really, really nice or they were not nice or something like that. But when we go to like our neighborhood playground, for example, those are kids that he doesn't see all the time. So you don't necessarily know their names. And, um, it'll be like, oh, um, I'll say, who did you have fun playing with today? Cause again, like our playground is, it's open to the whole neighborhood. Yeah. And so anybody can really come. Um, and for me, it doesn't really matter like who's there. Cause <laughs> yeah. we all like, they're kids. Away. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're just kids and they're just <laughs> playing on this like one little slide. It's not like that big of a deal, you know? And so, um, He'll, he, when he says, like, when he's trying to talk about someone, he doesn't know their name. Because I always tell him you should ask their name. If you want to say, oh, my name is Ethan. What's your name? That way you don't have to be like, hey, and like point and like, you know, that's just doesn't make anybody feel good. (laughs) But if he doesn't really know, he like refers to other things like their shirt color or the kind of toy that they were holding at the playground. It's not in a child's first instinct to say, color of skin, texture of hair, the way they speak or what their parents look like. That's true. Um, yeah. So it that is a program yeah. people are doing that they don't realize when you say, oh, that big girl over there or that or whatever, you know. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's really hard as a parent to not impose on your child who has this brand new blank slate that they're working with your own um, biases and understandings or even misunderstandings that you may have, you know? Um, And like the other day when my my son was at his swimming school, there's actually a teacher there that teaches in sign language, which I thought was really neat. I was like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that they had that, that opportunity. Yeah. So my son noticed that there was a lot of, you know, hand movements going on. He was like, what's that? And so I said, oh, that's sign language. He's like, what's sign language? And I said, well, sometimes people speak with using their hands. And there's all kinds of words that they have, just like we do um, with the words that we use. He was absolutely fascinated by it. He wasn't um, 
like, oh, that's weird. Let me run away. I'm like, yeah. why don't we just sit here and watch that for a second? You know, like, that's really neat. They don't have to actually use actual words. And he thought that was cool. He's like, oh, that's cool. And then the <laughs> next day he was like, oh, my friend over there is doing the back float. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I just automatically thought, oh, that's my friend over there too. Right. You know, so that really 100% leads me to believe that um, your kids will pick up on your biases that you have that and it, and it sounds like too just like your overall energy like you're mm-hmm. it sounds like you're doing a good job of just keeping things neutral and just explaining them as they are and letting yeah. him come up with his own assumptions yeah because you could add Absolutely. flavor right and be like there's people in life that are deaf and because you're deaf like no mm-mm, it's sign language it's just another language like yeah period percent. <laughs> yeah and same thing goes for like when we're at the grocery store and you see a kid or a person um, in a wheelchair, he'll kind of look and be like, oh, that's different. I'm like, yep, but it's just a wheelchair. Some people need help getting around and that's cool too, you know. Um, There's all different kinds of ways to get around, so no big deal, you know. And I think if you normalize those kind of things, they're not like, uh, you know, because if you react that way, he's more likely to react that way too. For sure, you know, 100%. Mm -hmm. And tell his friends about it because now it's like a thing. Um, 100%, 100%. Yeah. Okay. So my yeah. last question is, um, if you could tell your younger self anything, <laughs> what would that be and why? <sighs> you know, I really want to avoid like cliche things like, oh, be confident yeah. and believe in yourself. Um, I think the most important thing to tell my younger self is um, all the things that I wasn't told. Um, essentially, Fair. that um, that you're proud of me, that I'm smart, I'm happy. Um, and I think it's really important to tell your younger self, that if I can go back in time, I would like tell that to myself all day long, yeah. um, that you're being happy, and that's really good, that you're learning a lot, and that's really, really good. Um, because I think when you grow up without hearing those kind of things, you just are constantly looking for the feeling of being approved of. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're doing that, in some ways, I mean, it'll, it might make you strive to obtain these really huge goals, right. you know, <laughs> but in other ways, it might stunt the ability to achieve goals because you're like, eh, I can't do that anyway. So I agree. Try, you know, and I think that kind of exposure would have been really important to me um, when I was younger so that I could identify the things that I was genuinely good at or genuinely happy doing. Um, And that might have changed, honestly, the course of perhaps even my future. I think, yeah. Yeah. In the way that I selected my major, um, my job, my whatever, you know, because I was never exposed to any of that stuff. So, and I only had a small like pool of approved things to work with that I just didn't know any better. And I think um, that would have been really important for my younger self to know. Yeah. yeah. I love that because I think, I think, I think what you just said is the reason why a lot of people seek approval on social media mm-hmm. it is Absolutely. because if you if you're not getting the validation or the approval that like you need 
you seek it. You, mm-hmm. We're humans. You do. It just is what it is. And I think that sometimes like that, that's where you go. Like I'll use myself, for example, I've already said like, I'm working out. Sometimes I look really skinny and I feel really hot because I'm like, I look good. Like I'm losing the weight. I can feel it. I can see it. Oh my gosh. And then other days I'm like, I don't really look that great. But what I've started doing is I'm still posting the days I don't feel and look that great because Mm -hmm. I want to be validated that, that I, I'm still a human. Right. And then like, I don't want people to see me as this perfect person. I need the validation that I'm a normal person, right? Like I don't want to, I don't want to be perceived as like this perfect, her body's perfect every day. It's not some days Mm -hmm. it's just not right. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I think I'm overcorrecting the aspect where I'm like, we only see perfection. I want to show some imperfections and I'm okay being vulnerable in that state to show this is what I look like on a Tuesday when I don't look that great. Oh, by the way, I'm on my period. Good luck. I'm gonna look cute, you know, like, and you know, and sometimes I'll post things just because I, I want other people to know it's okay how you look. Like I don't always look good either. Look, like here's the proof. Yeah. And so, yeah. cause I, I have friends that need that don't get, they don't feel their best selves right now. And they're mm-hmm. looking at me and they're like, oh my God, you're thriving. And I'm like, yes, I'm thriving, but I'm also still having days, you know? And I think as maybe too, as women, we are, we're all over the place. Like depending on what time of the month it is, depending on what the hell is going mm-hmm. on with our partners, depending on what our kids are doing, because we're the gatekeepers for everything. And life is annoying sometimes. So um, yeah. you're right. I think sometimes you just need to hear it. Like you're going to be okay. You're fine. You're doing great. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So, I yeah. mean, that's definitely something like we need to strive to even tell ourselves. Yeah. Um, even when a date isn't perfect yeah. that we should definitely tell to our children so that they feel validated too. Because I think sometimes we forget like, oh, you're talking just to a three-year-old, like whatever, you know, yeah. but it's remarkable in, in the things that they absorb. Um, and how they feel. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one thing that this is like kind of slightly off topic from the actual question, but <laughs> one thing that I learned is not to use the phrase, use your words. So now that my, my son is a very verbal three and a half year old, um, you know, and some of the, one thing that my, my husband and I agreed on from the beginning is that we don't like, we just use regular words and we just talk like regular people. We don't talk have like made up can. words. Yeah. yeah. And we're not like, Oh, you know, could we just, yeah. just say things the way that they are. So because that's how he's learned how to speak, he actually sounds a lot older <laughs> than he uh, really is because he's over here sounding like how I speak or something like got that. It. And, um, you know, when he's unable to, when he gets into like, you know, toddler mode, I'll be like, use your words. I don't know what, eh, I don't know what that means, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, then I realized, you know, in a, small child's brain they're only get they only have a certain set of understandings and their knowledge is still growing so maybe they don't know how to express themselves in this moment when they're very frustrated with something they don't know exactly what to say but by me saying use your words use your words it's not going to make him think of new words any faster he doesn't have them Yeah. yeah and so you know the way that we um even when we say something like that as a parent, they immediately feel 
I am doing something that they don't approve of. I don't feel very validated right now. So I guess I'm not going to say whatever it is that I thought I was going to say. Yeah. So it, it takes away from being able to continue to identify with your kids as like the safe adult in their life that where, whether they have the words or not, it's really, right. really okay. You know? Yeah. And um, that's something that I didn't even realize I was doing. I was doing it out of my own frustration. Like, okay, I got to solve Tell the me. problem that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me right now, you know, yeah. but like a three-year-old's like, eh, you know, they like don't get no sometimes. <laughs> and that's okay too. You yeah. know, there are some days where you're just, the thing, some things are just off and it's just, it is what it is. And I'm just like, I just, want the day to be over. Let's start new tomorrow, you know? Um, but there, even through those times, it's very important to like validate yourself. So give credit that you got up in the morning, accomplished some of your goals, did what you wanted to do. And even if this one thing is not going exactly the way that you want, cause that's how I am. I'm like, Oh, worst day ever. Same. But it's, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, like, it's, like one kind, yeah. <laughs> it's a very small thing compared to pretty much everything else that you've done, you know? And I think for everything that's going on in this world, getting up and getting ready and starting your day on a good note, I think is still many, many steps ahead of everything that's going on um, with the global pandemic. And who knows when that's going to end. I don't think it's really going to end. So let's not yeah, like give, like false information to people. But I think it's it's definitely something where, you know, those kind of things you definitely need to tell yourself. I did a really good job today. Yeah. And especially as a mom, you should tell yourself, I did my best. And things still worked out, even though I made this yummy food that my kid only ate half of, and I'm so offended by it, but you know, still it's okay. You know, yeah. you still provided time to make nurturing food. He ate some of it, which means his body is going to metabolize it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Even if he didn't eat all of his broccoli, it's not going to be the end of the world, yeah. you know, and still give yourself credit for like, showing up and being the best mom that you can because yeah moms are really hard on themselves mm -hmm. it's, yeah I mean I don't have kids and just little things sometimes so I think sometimes because I don't have kids I feel like I should accomplish more like what a flawed way of thinking um <laughs> first of all like shame on me but sometimes I feel that way right and I'm like oh my gosh I have all this time I can do all of these things and I'm like no Tanisha you're a human being sit mm -hmm. down, do nothing for the next three hours. Like who cares? Like yeah. do nothing because somebody yeah. else is wishing they could sit down and do nothing for three hours. But I'll have mm -hmm. my days where I'm like, I should be doing all of these things because I have all of this time. And it's like, no, ma'am, that's no, you don't have to make it up. Like you're fine, but yeah. it's hard. And it like, that's kind of, it's dumb. It's okay. It's not dumb, but like, sometimes I catch myself thinking you have more time. Why are you not using your time wisely? Yeah. Yeah. But I think as long as you have that self-awareness to be able to identify that yeah. and then, you know, um, be able to feel your energy with things that you've corrected so that you can take time for self-care or just like a mental break from just doing just stuff or just thinking, yeah. you know, cause I know like people like you and I, we think like all day long. Yeah. We have a lot of things that we think about yep. and have entire conversations in our minds about the things that we're thinking about. And so your mind is like constantly going, which is yeah. great for when you need things like content, you uh -huh. want something to say or something <laughs> to write about. And that's great for people like you and I, but then it's also, it can be really mentally exhausting mm -hmm. because you're doing so much work in here. I mean, no one's really seeing it. And nobody sees it. 
Exactly. Yeah, because it's yeah. in your mind. <laughs> you like, oh, I worked so hard yeah. today thinking about stuff, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, and so it's important in those moments especially to definitely be like, let me just take a break from thinking about the one million things <laughs> that I feel like I got to do right now, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at kind of managing that. Um, cause I used to feel guilty. Like if I had a small moment of resting, I'm like I, I should be doing something Same. for my son. So yeah. let me go do laundry and let me go, you know? And then I'm like, if the laundry doesn't get done, like right now, it's not the end of the world. It's He's got totally fine to wear. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's the ex- expectation that you set for yourself in your mind. And, um, I mean, I think that's why we're able to accomplish a lot of stuff because I was, yeah, I was going to yeah. say that. I think that's why we're so yeah. driven because we're always thinking of the next thing. Um, and then when we're tired, like when I actually say that I'm tired or I'm exhausted, I actually mean it. I'm not yeah. just saying like, I'm tired, but I can go do the 75. Other. Like when I'm actually tired, like that, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm on zero because I've been working so hard. Maybe you didn't yeah. see it, but in my yeah. mind, I've done a lot of things today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One yeah. day. And, and I think, I think for my husband, he's now learning like, oh, cause I'll say like, I'm not this, I was, what do I usually say? I say like, um, I'm not my best in this moment. And he knows what that means. Like, he knows that that means like, I'm shutting down. Don't talk to me. Don't argue with me. Like I'm at mm-hmm. zero. This isn't the moment. And I've had yeah. to learn that about myself. Once I'm tired, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And usually now lately, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Screw it. I got to go do this workout. But I'm still like, but I'm tired. I That's it. I can't do anything else after this. <laughs> this means yeah. shower and couch. That's all I have yeah. left. <laughs> like, So, 100%. but you're right. You have to know that about yourself. And then you have to trust that about yourself. And mm-hmm. then you have to act on it. So like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Because everybody, it means something different. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, self-awareness is something that's a skill too. You know, it's, it it's is. not something that happens naturally for a lot of people. Um, and I think it, there's no weakness about it. Identifying the things that you're just right. really good at or you need to work on. There, that's okay. Or admitting you, know? you need help. I have a whole episode yeah. about it. Like it's yeah. okay to say, I don't know. I need yeah. help. Help me. Absolutely. I'm not sure. Yeah. No. But absolutely. We're not taught that really. We're not, and especially as women. Yeah. Um, where like society doesn't even trust you enough to even be a Make whole person. Own. Yeah. Yeah. At a time. You know, I think it's one of those things where you you learn at the hard way. And I think mm-hmm. that's what what self-awareness does is like once you once you have it. Um, you see it all the time yeah. and you know it, you are very in tune with yourself True. because you know of those things. Yeah. But I realized when I interact with somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of self-awareness, I'm like, you have no idea you're doing this right now. That's a, that's like mind boggling to me. Like you should think about what that means, you know, but you can't say that to people yeah, yeah. Be like really offended by it, but it's really, it's not flattering when you when you realize you're doing these things or saying these things or coming off a certain way, you know, no one wants to think that kind of stuff about themselves, Mm -hmm. especially when you're already a very confident and driven person. But I think in also being able to take a step back and say, Oh, in this area here, I don't really know a lot. So I need to just sit and listen 
to yeah. just learn about it. And that's okay because, you know, it's another misconception of having a PhD. People think that you just know all kinds of no, stuff. Thanks. And I'm like, um, but so, I don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. that That's my thing. Sometimes too, I feel like people assume that I'm just like this brilliantly, smartly, well-rounded, educated on everything type of person because I have a PhD. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That just means that I like to research and learn things. That doesn't mean that I know everything. I have an yeah. opinion because I'm always going to have an opinion. But just because I'm telling you my opinion, I don't want you to take that as truth. I'm telling you that's how I feel in this certain situation. Tell me different. Prove me wrong. Like, let's let's have a conversation. But I think that that's an, a, like a misconception because I can call myself Dr. So-and-so. And it's like yeah. the, the doctor doesn't mean I know anything, really. It just means yeah. that I know how to research things and write a freaking good study on something. But it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that I know anything, technically. Yeah. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And that's something I have, I've had to tell, like, coworkers is that, like, my, like, expert knowledge is in, like, a very tiny <laughs> field with very tiny, like – in the scope of like all the things you can study in the yeah. world, it's just one tiny little dot. And that's it. Everything else. I'm like, I don't know. There's going to be another expert somewhere else. I know that, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. not me. So, you know, I think um, there's a lot of things that come from how we identify as like, you know, women who are just really educated people. I, I feel like you shouldn't be afraid of it and think some people are. Yeah. And I think there are assumptions attached to it. Um, that, that definitely needs to be debunked in some way. But I think the more like, again, the more self-aware you are of those things and the more that you speak up about it and share with people that we're not all like weird people just sitting in a corner on, with a book and we don't know how to socialize. Like that's like not, not what it is. Yeah. We, we're just, we're obsessed with learning. I'll say that. Like we like learning. We like the process of learning. We like mm-hmm. that stimulation that learning provides. Mm-hmm. That's that that might be it. I mean that 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 yeah. it might just be that. That's it. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Always but, having a always having a curious brain. Uh-huh. I think that's. And we um, can always. Can you always come up with an opinion on something? I can always come up with an opinion on. Like if I don't know something. I think so. Yeah. If I don't know something, and you're like Tanisha, you know the. Tell me about dogs. And I'm like, I know nothing about dogs. Tomorrow I will know something about dogs and I can come back to you and give you my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, that's so funny that you say that because um I say that to my husband all the time. I'm like, I don't know right now, but I'm gonna become an expert real fast. <laughs> like, yeah, that's me. That's yeah, me. you yeah. know, yeah, and, and I think that's that's a really great um characteristic in people that are really good at like being a professional student into becoming mm-hmm. a doctoral yeah. student and then becoming a PhD is that that's one of those things that you have a constant like curiosity mm-hmm. and that you want to, I think that's how we know a lot of stuff and people <laughs> right. just expect us to continue yeah. to know all the stuff because yeah. there are a lot of random things where I'm like, when I talk about it, people will believe it. And I'm like, I'm just kidding. I yeah, just, you're like, I don't say that. About, and people are like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. That, you know, that's yeah. where my love for Nipsey came from. Like, I didn't know him before he died. And mm-hmm. then, but my husband, like, was really impacted by his death. And I was like, well, why? 
it took me 24 hours and I was like, I totally get it. Sign me up for this guy, you know? And it's like, and now he just laughs at me. He's like, you are like, you really like him. And I'm like, no, I really yeah. do. But it, yeah, but yeah, you're, I think that you're right. And I've never been able to articulate that thing of mm -hmm. it. I just have that desire to want to know and the desire, and I know how to research and I know how to find information and I know where not to look. You like, that's a skill that I didn't know was a skill because it just is who I am. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the more you have these kind of conversations, um, the more you think about what those things mean and how they impact your life every day, because whether you think about it or not, the way that you're programmed essentially is how you live your yeah. life and how, it's how you see things and understand things. And that's the beauty of like wanting to learn is that, you know, you absorb a lot yeah. and you can retain it and, you know, you're like equipped with extra knowledge. And I think that's really important, especially in today's time when people are very um, guarded mm -hmm. or they're just too stubborn to like learn a few new things about people yep. and they're just stuck in their ways, which is a terrible excuse for anything. I hate it when I have to say like, oh, he's just like that. Like, me I too. Mean, yeah. I hate saying that, but that's the only way for people to understand what that means. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, you don't have to like always be like that. You can choose to learn more and then stop being ignorant about something. Yeah. Um, but if you don't make that choice for yourself, I'm definitely not going to waste my time. No. I'm trying to make Absolutely. you do that. So I'm like, okay, well, you just go back in your hole and continue to be the way that, the way that you are. And I'm going to keep on doing what I'm going to do over here, you know? Yeah. And I've gotten a lot better at thinking that way because before I'd be so bothered by the person that I'm like have you been living under a rock this whole time same you know and then I'm like but then I'm also making my preconceived sort of judgment based on whatever usually I hate to say this like for everyone to hear but usually I'm right but you <laughs> know all the time. <laughs> like, once you come back around you're gonna realize I'm right but for now fine I'll be wrong I'll wait for you <laughs> Yeah. I was like, you need to go and learn a few things, but the okay. Thing is, though is I always say, I don't speak on something unless I know that I'm right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going to go speak on something I don't know, but if I know it, I'm going to speak on it because I know that I'm right. I've done the research. Like I know, mm -hmm. but you know what? It's fine. I'll wait for you to figure it out. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope my husband heard me say that. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure like when I get off this call, the things that my husband overheard, he's be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so mean, awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I think the more that you surround yourself with people that just get you, yeah. it's just, it just feels better in the world. And so I think that's, that's a, I think that's a good way to kind of like, you know, package up today's like, conversation yeah. is that, you know, there's always something to learn. Um, and even for people that you already know, you just never know what you don't know. Yeah. Just got to keep an open mind, you know? Yep. And I will say too, you can be challenged by the people that know you and love you and it doesn't feel mm -hmm. bad. It feels right. cool to kind of have those discussions and it feels cool to be like, oh God, I never thought about that. That's a good point. Right? Like it's a yeah. cool thing for that to happen. I think that's a true relationship. I think that's, that's when you know you're at peak peak relationship status when you can like <laughs> when you can like dialogue and not agree but kind of agree but understand everybody's perspectives and you're like okay eh, I don't agree with that yeah. but I get it 
Totally yeah, and it. it doesn't like lead to a fight, you know. Right. That is definitely that's definitely peak marriage like is peak. when you have, yeah. yeah, when you have differing opinions, but you still get it, but you're not going to keep fighting about it, right? Um, until the next day, you're just like, okay, cool, and then just going on to move on your day, and you got to move on, for yeah, the next time, and you know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, that well, is I know marriage. that you've been chatting for a while, so thank mm-hmm. you for coming on. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you for learning how to do perms. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding, but no, I really do appreciate you, and thank you. I don't know if you have anything else you want to say. Are you good? ending things here, anything going around in your brain, which I'm sure there is. So if you want to share it, feel free. You know, when I get off the call and be like, oh yeah, I probably should have said like (laughs) all these things that I'm just going to remember in five minutes. But um, no, I think, I think we had a really well-rounded conversation that encompassed a lot of different things. And I appreciate you making some time to have me on your show. Of course. I appreciate you. I'm sure we'll talk soon. (laughs) Okay. First, before I say anything, I just want to thank Christine for being vulnerable and honest and sharing some of her time and her life with me. One of the things that I've learned about Christine over the years is that her and I can get together and talk about anything and it just flows so natural. And I hope that that comes across to those of you all that are listening to the episode because it was really important to me that, um, that I have conversations that I normally have with my friends. And so what you're hearing in these episodes, I would have these normal, I would have these conversations normally. We're not having conversations that we wouldn't have offline. I did not send Christina script. I only sent her the standard questions that I send everybody about, um, for being programmed. And I gave her like a high level overview of things we could potentially talk about, but she didn't have questions. So Um, I hope that you all enjoyed this episode. One of the things that I loved speaking to her, and and to be honest, something I learned about myself through listening back, is how our passion for learning shows up in different spaces in our lives. I think for so long, people don't understand my passion for learning or don't understand why I am the way that I am. And I think Christine gave really good tidbits as to why and how it makes sense and how we basically survive (laughs) day-to-day life. So that was fantastic. Um, The other thing I loved that she touched on and again, gave me words because she does that for me a lot of times um, is our philosophy and thinking. And she's absolutely right. And we are that like everything that she said in there was spot on. And it was just cool to hear her wording and hear it from a different lens and get a different perspective. And to remember that I'm not crazy. I also love that how her approach that she's taking with raising her son and how she's teaching her son just to love people and to accept people for what they are and who they are and not the things that we think that they should be. And so anyways, I could go on and on, but thank you so much, Christine, for coming on. Thank you for sharing a little bit also about the Asian culture. I'm using air quotes that nobody can see as well. Um, I hope as a society, we can learn and grow and start having these conversations normally and start leaning into each other a little bit more instead of judging and acting as though we have everything figured out because we don't. So I'm just going to end this here because I could go on and on about how amazing you are, but thank you. I appreciate you. And I hope that for those of you listening, that you have enjoyed this episode. As always, your perceptions aren't always reality. Sometimes they're the lens in which you have been programmed. Thank you.